Thank you so much for joining us online. Next Level Church exists to lead people to become fully engaged followers of Jesus. And we'd love to hear about what God is doing in your life. You can email us at mystory@nextlevelchurch.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For locations and service times, visit nextlevelchurch.com locations. Also, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing at Next Level by giving, go to nextlevelchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message and have a great day. Jesus never said that, and uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a second. It is great to be back. Uh, so my wife and uh, my boys and I were on vacation for uh, a couple of weeks, or a little less than a couple of weeks, uh, in the Midwest, and uh, um, some of you know, some of you don't know, but uh, we have a family tradition that every Memorial Day we go to the Indianapolis 500, and so um, we actually have a family picture of us on the track, and so what a cool opportunity it is to be on the track uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on race morning, and so Memorial Day weekend, this is what we do. My dad and I uh, have been 32 years, actually 31 for me, because uh, our church, when we first started, the first year we began 16 years ago, our church was four weeks old, and my wife, I was like, honey, I don't know what to do about the race, and she's like, well, you're not going, and I'm like... I know. So my dad's been 32 years in a row. I've been 31, and my boys are up to up counting, and Sarah's in the teens now, and it's awesome. So anyway, so we were at, in Indianapolis, and then uh, we got a cottage. Uh, my mom and dad got a cottage up on, on Lake Michigan uh, on the west coast of Michigan, and so we enjoyed some beautiful weather and ate our way through West Michigan, uh, including ice cream every single day, ice cream. And so this is us in an ice cream parlor and just having a good time. Uh, and so, it, man, it's, it, how many know it's... It's fun to go away, but it's fun to come home, isn't it? Come on. So it is good to be back with all of you. And I want to give a quick update about our Cape Coral location. So many of you know that in our We Are the Church series back in February... I, uh, I, I made an announcement and talked about how God is giving us opportunity and just the vision of Next Level Church and what God's doing here is expanding north, south, east, and west. And of course, when we said west, we're talking about west into Cape Coral. And so many of you who are Cape Coralites uh, are just excited with us. And, uh, and so, um, so honestly, we've been full speed ahead on this thing, kind of working under the surface and um, uh, looking for facility. Out there, we actually looked at nine different properties out in Cape Coral, and just one of the one of the properties was kind of like, yeah, this could work, and maybe we could figure out how to make it work, whatever, and and just, but honestly, didn't have a piece about it, and so it was kind of a strange deal because all of a sudden, like we were running hard, just going after it, and then we just sort of felt this divine pause. And honestly, uh, there have been so many times over the last sixteen years of leading Next Level Church where Sarah and I have felt that, and as a leadership team, you feel that sort of divine pause, and you're like, wait a minute. 
Well, at the same time, uh, those of you know, and certainly in Bonita Springs location, all of you guys know that uh, Pastor Lewis and Lisa Quintero, who were our, Cape, or our Coconut Point and our Bonita Springs uh, location pastors, campus pastors, transitioned back at the same time in February, came back to Central, and they started a small group out in Cape Coral uh, and just really started building relationships. And then all of a sudden, Lewis started to feel kind of that same deal of like this divine pause on that. And we're wise enough now to know, you know what, let's don't get ahead of God. Let's just wait and see exactly what the Lord's up to. And so a couple of things maybe you don't know. Uh, it, the first one is that for the last 16 months, my wife, Sarah, has kind of been doing two jobs around here. She works full-time for the church, and so she's obviously the co-lead pastor with me uh, in terms of the highest level of leadership here at Next Level. That's one of her full-time jobs. And then for the last 16 months, she has been the active creative arts pastor for our church. So everything, worship, production, web, marketing, graphic design, anything kind of that you see, touch, and experience holistically as a church goes through our creative arts team. And, and that's one of our biggest teams in the church. And so my, my wife has kind of been playing a dual role. Well, the second thing you probably don't know is that, or maybe some of you do know, is that um, before Lewis was our Coconut Point campus pastor turned Benita Springs campus pastor. For four years, he was our worship pastor. And so from, from the time God called Lewis into ministry, this sort of this arts, this music thing has been, arts thing has been in him. So uh, over the last couple months, here's kind of the coolest part is uh, God started stirring some things up and resurrecting some passions inside of Lewis. And at the same time, we were at an offsite and God was starting to speak to us as an executive leadership team. Well, long story short, uh, we just have been praying, you know, God, who is supposed to be our executive creative arts pastor, and it became very, very clear very, very quickly that Pastor Luis Quintero is supposed to step into that executive creative arts pastor role for us as a church. Yes, which is awesome. He is so the right guy. And so what that means is Pastor Lewis is going to be able to touch. You're going to start to feel the difference. You're going to start to feel his fingerprint, his thumbprint, his on everything that we do in Fort Myers, Gateway, Bonita Springs, Dream Center, and Cape Coral. Like it's, so it's just the right role. Now, of course, what does that mean for Cape Coral? Well, here's what it means. It means we are passionate. We are excited about what God wants to do going west into Cape Coral. Our passion, our excitement has not waned in. I don't know if you saw or not, but Forbes magazine actually just reported recently that Cape Coral is the number one fastest growing city in America. Like, did you know that? Like, it's crazy. Like, the harvest people is there. And Sarah and I lived in Cape Coral for five and a half years when we first moved here. Like, we get Cape Coral, so we're passionate about it. But we also know, we, here's what we know. We know that Next Level Church was birthed out of relationship and community. That when we planted our church 16 years ago, it was all relationally driven and community driven. So you guys, we're excited. Sarah and I were out there a few weeks ago, met with some of the top Cape Coralite leaders and just said to them, you know what, what if we, what if we pursue this thing relationally as we move forward? So guys, I'm excited because starting this fall, well, it's already started. Already relationships happening out there. Do I need to switch microphones? Awesome. Bring it right up here, Pastor Josh. Got it. Fantastic. There we go. Good, good. Oh, yeah. Now we can preach. What's up, next level? 
So anyway, so uh, so we're super excited. This fall, we're gonna have we're gonna be launching a ton of groups out in Cape Coral into the spring as well, with the hope that we can build this thing relationally. So listen, if you're from Cape Coral and you're a next levelite and you're also a Cape Coralite, sounds like an Old Testament story, doesn't it? Listen, here's what we want you to do: go to your next steps uh, location this weekend. Go to next steps and tell them I'm from Cape Coral. I want to be in a group. Okay, that's your next step. Because you guys, I'm so excited that this thing is gonna just really start to move under the water. Cape Coral is such a relational city, even though it's big. So we're, we're fired up about that. We're excited about that. Uh, and so, um, listen, in terms of leadership, we're just believing that God is going to just continue to guide us and lead us, that he's got the exact right people for leadership in terms of Cape Coral. Matter of fact, why don't we pray right now? Come on, every location, right where you're at, let's pray for a moment. Straight, whatever direction is west right now, stretch your hands west. Come on, everybody, stretch your, if you don't know which way is west, Stretch your hand out the way everybody's stretching their hand out right now, okay? Because somebody's smart at the front of the room hopefully knows which direction is west. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you. God, thank you that you're moving in Cape Coral. And God, thank you that you're leading us to partner with so many other churches out there, God, to just continue to lift high the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for Cape Coral. We pray that you would continue to raise up the leaders, the exact right leadership team that you have for Cape Coral, and we're excited about that. And, God, we just pray in Jesus' name that your timing, Lord, if we can launch this thing publicly next fall, God, your timing is going to be perfect. And so, God, we just place this timing in your hands. The time and seasons belong to the Lord, your word says. And we stand on that truth in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Awesome. Thank you for praying for that. I am so, uh, so excited uh, about what God is up to relationally in Cape Coral. It's just going to be awesome. Well, this is part two of our Jesus Never Said That series. Come on, everybody, every location say, Jesus Never Said That. We kicked off this series last weekend. Pastor Kyle did such, a, uh, such an amazing job. Uh, and we're looking at, through the four weeks of this series, some phrases, some beliefs that we believe in our world today, some beliefs that we believe in our culture today, things that even we say. And maybe we say them because we don't know what else to say, or maybe we say them because we feel awkward around somebody, or you know, a coworker, a family member says something, and we're like, well, you know, like last weekend we talked about, well, God just wants you to be happy. And it's like, what in the world is that? Like, so we're dispelling some of these common myths about that, that are floating around our culture, these beliefs even, that are floating around our culture today. And so this weekend, I want us to talk about the myth that it doesn't matter what you believe. Come on, show of hands, every location. How many of you have ever heard that? Someone has said that to you. Someone with a good heart, with a, with a, even with passion, has said, so many of us have heard that. It, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. Some of us were taught that as children. Like, we've been taught those things. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. Or, or here's another version of this. Well, yeah, you know, honestly, all religions are the same. Right? But listen, you guys. That's not true. It's just not true. And the truth of the matter is this statement, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something, is is demonically motivated. Because see, the devil doesn't care if you believe something. He just doesn't want us to believe in Jesus. 
And in our world today, here's what's interesting. It's not even conscious. I like that, like, you guys are feeling the preach. Like, I, you give me a microphone, you can feel a little preach up in here today. You, I got a little preach going on. What's up? I, they gave me two. <laughs> Whoo. I don't know what they're thinking I'm going to do with the other one, but let's go. Let's see what happens. I like it. Listen, here's, here's the deal. In our world today, it's not controversial to believe in God. You can, you can believe in the man upstairs, a higher power, God. Spirituality is actually cool. Like every athlete, right, who wins a championship, who's the first person they thank? No, their mom. <laughs> then they thank God. But they thank God, right? They're all, well, I just, well first I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God. Listen, it is, it, it is not controversial to believe in God. It, it, but, but what is controversial is when you bring up Jesus. But here's what's interesting. Almost nobody debates the existence of Jesus because historically, it, it's historically proven Jesus was an actual person. There was actually someone who was known as Jesus of Nazareth. And, and every, almost everybody likes Jesus' teaching. Help the poor, love others, be generous, forgive somebody when they hurt you. But So why does everybody get upset? What's the controversy with Jesus? Well, the controversy is in the exclusive claim that Jesus made. See, the Bible records in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, speaking of God, the Father, except through me. Herein lies the controversy. This is the issue. This is, and this is what sets Jesus and Christianity, the belief system around the belief in Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, this is what sets Jesus apart from every other religion on earth. So here's where I want to start this weekend. We're going to go to school a little bit, all right? Everybody ready for this? Let me give you three truths about religion. Three truths about religion. And the first one is this. Three truths about religion. Number one, not all religions are the same. Not all religions are the same. And obviously, we don't have time this weekend to unpack all of the nuances of each of these and how they differ from Christianity but I, I do want to touch on several of these beliefs. And let me give you, uh, I don't have it with me, but let me give you a resource real quick. So if, this, if some of this touches a nerve with you or you were raised in a home or in a religious system that, that's different than Christianity, you may want to get the book called So What's the Difference? So What's the Difference? And the author is Ridenour, R-I-D-E, it looks like ride, R-I-D-E-N-O-U-R, Ridenour, Fritz Ridenour. I've had that book for like 20 years so what's the difference? A great book, millions of copies sold, and it compares Christianity to 20 major worldviews and religions. So obviously we don't have time this weekend to go into all of that, but that's a great resource if that matters to you. So make sure uh, that you get that resource. So a few of these, let's start with, uh, let's start with Buddhism. Buddhism believes that there is no God, and they believe in reincarnation. In other words, that there is no final existence. So that's what the Buddhists believe, that there is no God and that we're just reincarnated over and over again, which is similar but different to Hinduism. And Hinduism does believe that there's a God, but that God is impersonal and they kind of believe that God is in everything and everything is God. And they believe in reincarnation as well. In fact, they believe in coming back millions and millions of times and trying harder and suffering more to try and get it right, whatever it is. And they honestly don't even really agree on what it is. And both of these religions and worldviews believe in karma, this idea that our actions in one life come back, good or bad, 
to haunt us in the next life. Well, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, that is a horrible way to live. And neither one of these religions offer any sort of forgiveness of sin or supernatural help of any kind. You're just kind of stuck trying to figure it out on your own. Let's talk about another one. Let's talk about Islam or another word, Muslim. Now, they believe that there is a personal God, and they call him Allah or Allah. But here's the thing. With Islam, there are no secondary gods, and there's a total ban on idols. And so in Islam, your standing with Allah is totally dependent on religious devotion and works. There is no grace. There's no mercy. And in Islam, it is an extremely fear-based religious system. Again, very oppressive, very oppressive. Here's another one, and this is very popular in our world. Our culture today is New Age. Some of you probably, many of us probably, have New Age friends. And New Age is not about a personal God at all. It's about a higher consciousness. It's about everything has to do with the universe and energy and the cosmos or the cosmoses or however the plural of cosmos is. I don't know. But, okay, so that's a, that's, it's a worldview, and it's, it's about crystals, and it's, it's, a, it's, 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 all, it's about universe and, and that energy and all of that. But then there's Christianity, which is what we would say we believe. Those of us who are followers in Jesus. Now, Christianity is about a personal God. And it's based on love, that this God, this personal God who can be known, so loved humankind, so loved humanity, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus to come to this earth so that we could be in relationship with a personal God. And he offers forgiveness of sin and offers us help in our daily lives. How awesome is that? Now that is a God, in my opinion, worth believing in. Yeah. Now let me say this, because um, when, when we start talking about Christianity as a, as a religion, I, I, I hate that word, as a belief system, it's a worldview. Being a follower of Jesus, it's even among Christian circles. Listen, we we because I want to teach you this weekend. We have to be careful because some of us, many of us, I know this is true. Many of us come out of Catholicism or come out of some denominational backgrounds where where their doctrine of salvation, in other words, what they believe about the saving of our soul is not what we believe. They're not all created equal. It, it does not, some, some Catholicism, uh, most of Catholicism, as well as uh, some denominations, do not believe that it is grace and grace alone that saves us. They believe it's grace plus. Grace plus works or grace plus tradition saves us. And so we've got to be very careful. And for some of us, when we... And we even hear you interact with some of our leaders or our pastors. You say things like, well, I don't, I mean, I used to, I'm, 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 I'm Catholic, but I'm also, or I'm from that denomination, but I'm also, but I like next level. Okay, listen, you don't just like next level because we have cool guitars and drums and lights and haze and, and awesome worship. Like, it's not, it's not just because we're cool. It's not that. It, there's a belief thing going on. And we got to know that, like for real, like it matters to our belief system. And that's why we're doing this series, like because, because <laughs> what we believe matters. It actually does matter what we believe. So we're talking about three truths about religion. Here's the second truth that matters to us, and it's this. Not all roads lead to God. 
We talk about, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. Okay, listen, not all roads lead to God. We talked about the other religion road. Well, you know, Hindu or Buddha or, or Mohammed or, or some idol or some new age mystic thing. Okay, listen, it, it's, it doesn't lead us to God or the good person road. Well, just it's, and many, you, many of us have heard people say this. Well, I just hope, you know, when I get to the pearly gates that my good outweighs my bad. Well, I hope that my good works are better. You know, if I can just have one more good work than I have bad. Listen, that's a, that's a horrible strategy for your eternal salvation, by the way. Nor is it biblical. That's not found in the Bible at all. Okay, so, so, so listen, not all roads lead to God. So three truths, three truths that, that matter to this conversation. Number one, not all religions are the same. Number two, not all roads lead to God. And number three, not all people will go to heaven. Now listen, this is a big deal. Not all people will go to heaven because because here's here's the deal. (laughs) Not all people will go to heaven is a true statement according to the Bible. But watch this. God's desire is for all people to go to heaven. But he made us what the Bible calls or what what the, the terminology is free moral agents. In other words, we are not robots. We have been given free moral agency, the the ability to choose. And, And so watch this. Salvation, eternity with God in heaven, is not automatic just because we're human. It's a choice. We have to choose to follow Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and life. Remember the verse? So, so, so here's, here's what that means. This is true. But we love, and, and, and one of Satan's primary strategies in our world, our culture today, is to get us to believe that everybody goes to heaven. And here's why. Because it makes us feel better. Especially at funerals. So we've all been to a funeral and we've heard someone stand up and go, well, you know, I just know that my grandma's in a better place. And she's looking down on us right now. And every day from here on, I know grandma's going to be looking down on me. Okay, there's about four times a day, I don't want your grandma looking down on me. You'll get that joke in a second. Listen, listen, the everybody goes belief is, is a strategy from the devil. This is true. And church, listen to me this weekend. We have to believe that this is true. This is the motivation for everything we do. This is why we as a church exist, because that's true. We're not a social club. We're on mission. We're on mission from God. Because we believe that everybody spends eternity somewhere. And if they don't hear the message of Jesus then when they die, they will spend an eternity separated from God. Listen, I know that's not popular news in our culture today, but just because it's not popular doesn't mean it's not true. And church, it's got to motivate us. If we believe that, then we can't just come and sit. We have to be a part of the mission. It's not enough for us to just come and be fed. That's like, that's like knowing the greatest truth on earth and keeping it to ourselves. 
we, we got it. We, we, this has to motivate us. And if it doesn't motivate us, then I would beg you to seek the Lord this week and say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because what breaks the heart of God are people who are lost and dying or living in their life. And they may outwardly look successful, but on the inside, they're hopeless. And this week, we've had a reminder, haven't we? Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, two highly successful people. And listen, I do not pretend to know the condition of either of their souls. And I hope that they knew Jesus as their Savior. But judging by their actions, that their life would be so dark that they would take their own life. What a demonic attack on souls. Listen, we have the hope. His name is Jesus. That's what motivates us. So church, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking this week, whatever location you've come in, to consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Don't consider a church. Don't consider our church. Don't consider a denomination or honestly even Christianity as a worldview or a religion. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to reveal the love of God to the world. And while we're at it, don't even consider this weekend Christians. Because honestly, there are some weird ones out there. And if we're being honest, there's some weird ones in here. And honestly, at times, I could be one of them. So don't even consider me. No, for real. Listen, listen. I, I'm, I'm imperfect, okay? You got to know that. Consider Jesus, not a church, not a religion, not a denomination, and not people who claim to be Christian. Consider Jesus. And I would ask you to consider three things about Jesus. The first, I would ask you this weekend to consider the ministry of Jesus. He was a real historical person who lived on this earth 2,000 years ago. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Because, see, when we consider the ministry of Jesus, what we begin to find is we, we find a, 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 a man who came from heaven, sent from God to demonstrate the love of God. And what's interesting about the ministry of Jesus is who Jesus went to. Check this out, Mark chapter 2. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, the religious guys, saw Jesus eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, what, what's he doing? Why is he eating with the tax collectors? And why, why, why isn't he going to the good people? Why is Jesus going to the, to the lowest of the lows? Why is he going to the people on the bottom of the totem pole? Instead, isn't it interesting that when Jesus started his movement on the earth, he didn't go for the politicians and the good ones, even the religious leaders of the day. No, no, no. He said, no, no, no. Listen, I came to demonstrate my love to all people, and I'm going to show you. So, so look what he says in verse 17. I love his reply. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy you need a doctor. It's the sick. And then I lo he, he gives us a, a, a window into the mission of what drove him, why Jesus came to this earth. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. That's who he came for. Jesus started a movement that loved and accepted those whom traditional religion had rejected, tax collectors and sinners, a woman caught in the act of adultery. And he looked at her and he said, listen, I came for you. There's grace for you. I love you. And when you and I consider the ministry of Jesus, it should take our breath away. 
He opened blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He touched lepers and outcasts. He turned water into wine. He performed miracles one after another, not for the great people in a society, but for people like you and I, people in need of a Savior. And many of the miracles Jesus did, guess what? He did them for for you and I. You and I are the ministry of Jesus. We've been touched. Our life's been touched. I think of teenagers in this church who are now pastors in our church or or pastors in other churches across the country who are leaders, teenagers who came in whose lives were screwed up and messed up and from abusive backgrounds. And Jesus has raised them up. I think of marriages that were completely dissolved, couples that were, were literally divorced that are now remarried and their marriage is restored and healed. I think about men who were bound up by sin and addiction and guilt and shame who are now set free in Jesus' name. In this church, I think about people who vowed they would never step foot in a church and are leaders in this church today. That's the ministry of Jesus. So consider the ministry of Jesus. Number two, consider the resurrection of Jesus. If you're going to consider Christianity as a belief system, if you're going to consider this idea of following Jesus, then I would ask you to consider historically the resurrection of Jesus because the Bible makes it clear that there were actual eyewitnesses. Men and women who saw with their own eyes Jesus be crucified, taken down from the cross, buried in a tomb, and three days later rose again and they interacted with him. They were actual eyewitnesses of a man who was dead and came back to life. Peter talked about it. Acts chapter 3. I love this verse. Verse 15. You killed the author of life. Speaking of Jesus. But God raised him up from the dead. Look, and we are witnesses of this. Now, some people would say that, well, the Roman soldiers stole the body. Listen, they would have loved to have stolen the body. But there was no body to steal. Some people will say that, well, the disciples did. They took the body and they hid it. Then they could tell everybody that he was raised from the dead. Okay. Do we really think... That in three days' time, these average, uneducated men could come up with a scheme like that to trick everybody? And when you consider the kind of death that all of the disciples died, the horrible, murderous, awful death that every single one of them, without exception, died, For their belief in a resurrected Savior. That is a humongous price to pay for a lie. And if they really were lying about it, that is a long time for nobody to actually be like, yeah, we're just kidding. It's unbelievable. Like they paid, like they they were they were crucified upside down on crosses. All because they didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. Man, that's crazy. Like if, if, that, if, if, it, if they were doing that and they were like, yeah, it really didn't happen. No, no, they were eyewitnesses to a resurrection. So we have to consider the ministry of Jesus, consider the resurrection of Jesus. And then number three, we have to consider the eternal message. Consider the eternal message of Jesus. The Apostle Paul was talking about it and he said it this way in Romans chapter 3. We are made right with God. 
by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone. Come on, that's good news, isn't it? For everyone who believes, no matter who you are. We are made right with God. Listen, you just need to know this weekend, church, that the message of Christianity for those of us who are followers of Jesus is this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. It is Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus good works. It's not Jesus plus I hope when I get there. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Jesus plus nothing. I love that this is baptism weekend because that's what we're celebrating. Those of you who are being baptized at all of our locations this weekend, listen, this is what you're celebrating. It matters what you believe. It's not about being a good person or finding a, a good church. It's not about that. It's about what Jesus has done for us. Once I was lost, now I was now I'm found. Once I was blind, now I see. That is that's what matters. So this notion, well it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. That's just not true. It matters what you believe. And specifically it matters what we believe about Jesus. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray. I want to pray for two groups of people this weekend at all of our locations. And the first group of people I want to pray for are those of us who are Christians, who have bought into this worldview, who are, who are more than that, who are followers of Jesus. Because as I just mentioned, listen, my heart has been broken this week. Hearing of the suicide of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, the world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus, you guys. And the world needs, our world needs people like you and I who can demonstrate the love of the Father to a hurting and broken world around us. Listen, your office needs you to live out God's love. Your school needs you to live out God's love. Teenagers, children, college students, your family needs you to live out love this summer. Our neighborhoods need us to live out a love because they're desperately searching for it. And, I, well, I hope I believe in something. It's not cutting it for people. It's not. The world needs Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us as Christians, as God followers, who put our faith in Jesus, that we would, we would be salt and light. Because the Bible says where light comes in, darkness has to flee. And, and some of us go to work every day in a dark place. We, we, we live in a neighborhood that's dark. And God is saying, listen, I want to use you to be my light, to be my hands and feet, to demonstrate the love of God to a hurting and broken world. And then the second group of people I want to pray for this weekend are those of us who are considering Jesus. You've come in and you're not, in one of our locations, you're not in a relationship with God. But you're considering it. And my hope is that something I've said, and honestly, it's going to have to go way beyond what I said because I just haven't even said it very well. But I believe that right now, the Holy Spirit is starting to illuminate something in your heart about the reality of the gospel of Jesus. 
about the reality of the love of God demonstrated in the person of Jesus. That's why he came for sinners, tax collectors like you and me. And you can go from lost to found, from blind to see, from darkness to light, from orphan to part of the family of God this weekend, right now. So here's what I want us to do. Come on, every location. I'm going to invite our campus pastors to join me on stage. And then I'm going to invite all of us right now. Nobody moving around or anything. Just can we bow our heads? Maybe even close our eyes. For the stillness of this moment, if you're a Christian, would you just start praying right now? Come on, salvation. There are people who, whose salvation is in the balance. Come on, just under your breath, just begin to pray for them, that God would draw them, that they would have the courage to say yes and open their heart, and he would flood into their heart. And if that's you, I want to give you a chance to do that. We're not going to embarrass you or call you down front or do anything like that. That's not how we do it here. That's not our style. But I do want to give you a chance to respond. So seated right where you are, you can respond to Jesus today. You can very simply, it's as simple as just acknowledging that you're a sinner, imperfect. Well, that's easy. That We all qualify. And then believing that what Jesus did on the cross was payment for our sin. In other words, we can't be good enough. It's not about works. It's about, it's about faith in Him. It's about His grace forgiving us. And He paid the price so we could be forgiven. And then confessing that. And so I'm going to invite you to confess that simply by lifting your hand. I'm going to count to three in just a second. And if you want to say yes in any of our services, the one I'm in or the one you're in right now, this weekend at one of our three locations, or even online, I'm going to invite you to just slip your hand up right where you are if you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Come on, if that's you, would you put your hand up right now? One, two, three. Awesome. Come on. Come on, wherever you're at. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Jesus, on behalf of these who are lifting their hands right now in all of our services all weekend long, God, I just pray. I just say on the outside what they're feeling on the inside, and that is we need that when we consider who you are. And, your ministry, when we consider your resurrection and we consider your eternal message, we can't help but say yes. It is Christ's love that compels us. And so God, thank you for compelling us to the foot of the cross today. And so right now, by lifting our hand, we say yes to you. We invite you, come in, forgive us of our sin. Make us a part of the family of God. We want to begin a relationship with you today in Jesus' name. And now, Lord Jesus, staying in this atmosphere of prayer, I pray for each and every one of us who are followers of you, who have believed on this message and it's changed our life. We are the miracles. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that you give us courage. God, our world is hurting. Our world is broken. Our world is desperate. And, and Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But you have raised us up as light in a dark world. And I pray for us that you would give us courage to live what we believe. You would give us courage to live differently than the world. We are not of the world. We are simply in the world as your sons and your daughters. And so, God, would you anoint us? Would you use us? Would you speak through us and not just speak through us, would you shine through us? Would people look on our life and go, what is it about you? What is different? How can you be going through the circumstances you're going through and yet smile and yet have a joy, have a presence about you? Lord, use our life like that. God, we are your kids and we want to be used by you, Lord, that people would come to know who you are. So Jesus, would you raise us up, raise us up, your family your sons and daughters, that we might be a demonstration of your love to a hurting and broken world. We pray and ask all these things in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, we pray, because what we believe matters. And everyone in every location who agreed said, amen. Come on, let's celebrate today.